Hello and welcome to the 28th episode of Busy Nation Thando Sakoro Crore this is Ritka and my co-host Abhishek Hello everyone and we are back after a long time this is like deja vu we've done this a million times haven't we <laughs> Uh, yes, we are most of the times back after a long time. Yeah, the, the only thing that <laughs> is different this time is that you are in Australia, I am out here and we are doing it over the phone. Oh yeah, international calling. So yeah. you know, you can check our dedication. Yes, let's no, wrap it up. No <laughs> revenue and only expenses. Yeah, that's the story of India. Yeah, right. <laughs> so what do we yeah, have? Yeah, so starting off, uh, yeah, starting off we have the great Indian elections which have now culminated and have brought in a big victory for the UPA government our last government is back again and so we have a new finance minister we have the sensex doing up and down up and down and we have a whole bit of news on the new government policies that may come the new government what do you think about this we spoke about this on indicast but then what is what do you think from the business point of view what big is it going to do because i received a couple of messages that you know those forwards mm-hmm. that you get that okay the, the congress mm-hmm. is back so it's good for all our jobs i actually didn't get it <laughs> yeah, i think the first good thing is that it will be a stable government because there are not too many of uh, coalitions involved so the government can go ahead with the policies without worrying about that this partner is going to pull out now and that partner is going to pull out now right. and i guess the biggest thing is that the left is not involved so any disinvestment decisions or regarding fdi norms or regarding deregulation of oil all such decisions may now go ahead without the unnecessary hindrance of left right. So I guess that was one of the main things why Sensex went up and hit the circuit for the first time. Hmm. So left is like uh, Rahul Dravid and Congress is like Sehwag. You don't want Rahul <laughs> Dravid coming in the way of a decision or or doing it a little bit slowly. Yeah, but actually that's yeah, I true. I used to like Rahul Dravid, so let's not you know please take that as a release. Yeah. <laughs> I'm talking about his cricketing talent, which is obviously right up there. He actually helped his team almost win the last match in the, the IPL, but that's another story. Uh, you spoke about the, the yeah, the and and then yeah. one more thing, you yeah. know, one point I would like to add over here that we should not always, you know, talk about one day cricket. We should also talk about test matches because it's after a long term thing that we have to sustain. Boy, I salute you. I think you must be the only girl who would be saying that. Okay, let's talk about test match cricket, which is the true cricket as it should be. Great. Yeah, because if you compare it with uh, you know economics and especially Indian economics, then somewhere I feel that left, even though with all its uh, a minute policy it put a break on many of the fbi norms etc and somehow it helped india during the downturn it helps when rahul dravid holds one foot up so it's like he doesn't give away his wicket it's got plus and minuses as well and that's fine but one good thing is that as of now unlike january last year companies have got more cash to invest with the new government coming in and the sensex exactly. doing well hmm. some research agencies have found out that these large indian fund houses have up to 20% of their portfolio in cash and treasuries now treasuries is basically a piece of paper that is issued by the government in which you can invest and hmm. it matures within a year's time so with so much cash hmm. around we will be seeing the sensex if not uh, going way up but it will be sustained for at least some period of time up to 4 or 5 months Also this year yes. FIIs have brought in up to 
1.6 billion dollars and this time last mm-hmm. year believe it or not they had taken away 12 billion dollars so a good time I to invest could be one of the yeah exactly and one more thing that we could get back now is fdi yeah. that is investment in uh, various sectors i mean not directly in the stock market but like in the retail companies or the insurance companies also in telecom if nokia decides to put a plant in chennai that would be foreign direct investment in a way mm, yeah right. that's right and also talking about other than fdi another factors worth looking forward to is the disinvestment because the disinvestment was in coal storage for the past 5 years since upa had come and even though our last government of nda they had made some headway in this investment by raising some 8500 crore of rupees so hang on disinvestment is in, in simple words it means uh, the selling of stake of a private company right yes that's right of a public held company right so like if, for example the psus where the government have holdings you know the mm-hmm. ongc and dbpcl and hpcl and all these companies where the government have a holding so they can sell part of their holding to the public right and raise money right and so thereby they reduce cost. management control but they get more money to expand etc so it's a trade off which the left wasn't yeah, willing to get into exactly and that is why even though the bjp led nda government they had managed to raise some 28000 crores in their term the past government could do only some around 8 to 9000 of crores so this disinvestment uh, will definitely be a boost because various investment bankers are guessing that even if the government manages to dilute 10% of the top 10 psus then in terms of market valuation they may get around 85000 crore of rupees mm. just by 10% of top 10 psus that's almost equal to 90000 crore profit made by lalu for railways <laughs> which is now by the yeah, way replaced exactly. by maya with mamta banerjee yeah that's right yeah and i just she, hope she holds it all Mamta together <laughs> yeah the great mamta banerjee who drove ratan tata out of oh. singapore <laughs> i don't know how they actually yeah. assign ministries to these people directly okay you take this you take that it's like assigning monitor of a class 5th b ritika yeah, will be I, the I monitor yeah and you are the new finance minister that we have now that is mr pranab mukherjee who was the finance minister 27 years ago Mm-hmm. when he presented his first budget in indira gandhi's cabinet and at that time he was also you know voted as one of the best five uh, finance ministers in the world by euro money no no he so, was voted the best I, minister in the world during oh, that time the yes best or, right oh oh cool and not only that i mean other than finance ministry like in the last ministry he held external affairs and he has also held portfolios of defense shipping transport commerce communication etc high profile you know i exactly i mean when we go for an interview for a job they ask ye field mein kitna experience hai experience hi nahi hai how can you do this and imagine these people right. they just have to like shift from defense to external affairs to finance right. so you you need to know everything i mean if you go for an interview and we do not even like know okay what is right. a fiscal policy and monetary policy and we start thinking and this guy has to know everything about all the ministries so it's a tough job yeah it is it is but you know they say there has to be a little bit of luck involved in this and luck had to do mm-hmm. with uh, pranam mukherjee getting his first post in the rashtrapati bhavan what had happened is 
back in uh, 1969 when he joined the rajya sabha he had gone to rashtrapati bhavan just to see other ministers swearing in he he went there to witness okay. that but what happened is somebody thought it was inauspicious to have an odd number of people swearing in so they actually called okay. pranam mukherjee from the audience saying that hey you know what why don't you handle this if you can he said sure why not <laughs> and this is exactly how he was for the first time taken in the rajya sabha that now we know how you know mps are made and how uh, ministries yeah. are offered and then you have yeah but then pranam mukherjee is a very uh, educated guy he's but he's got some four or five degrees behind him good to have a finance so minister who's got a good past so we hope that the economy is in good hands let's so but you know what indian economy you say and we speak about the 9% gdp growth and all of it now i i feel the new government will have a big dilemma of sorts because see on one hand it is talking about fueling the economy that is on the other hand it has locked up 60000 crores as a loan waiver program to uh, the farmers it also has declared the national rural employment guarantee act which guarantees 100 days of employment to all people in below the poverty line mm. so with so much money locked in where is it going to produce enough to put that back in the economy and have people spending more hence producing more hence more employment etc mm-hmm. the, the money that we talk about the two factors that you mentioned regarding the locked in i feel those are two important reasons why the upa government has come back <laughs> that's so, true like you may have the you know like, like in uh, west you have the stimulus packages which are loaning of money to corporates so similarly you have here something for the farmers i mean it's at right. the same stage and generally when nations have to stimulate their economies during times of recession they have to put in some amount of money and take a deficit on their balance sheet for some time so that they can uh, let the economy grow coming to the point that where we are going to get the revenues from and i think for the past 5 uh, to 10 years the tax revenue has increased to a great extent mm. and that has got to do a lot with the tax reforms that were carried on and if we further carry on the tax reforms and you know do away with the number of estate taxes etc then we can obviously hope for uh, the tax revenues to rise and yeah. another main factor is uh, the disinvestment i mean if government goes ahead with the disinvestment plans it's going to rake in a lot of money which will be used for all such social sector reforms mm-hmm. you know you sounded like one good long 12 marks economics answer which my economics teacher in pozar <laughs> college would have been proud of point number 1 disinvestment point number 2 taxes point number 3 uh, whatever <laughs> Yeah but yeah you you're right i mean it's the keynesian economics uh, or keynesian economics that uh, we had learned in college mm-hmm. days where currently the fiscal deficit is 5.7% but with the spending that india is going to do in the next few months it will reach up to 11.4% but it's not bad so long as you are borrowing to stimulate the economy basically you're borrowing so that exactly. you can lend to the corporates who will further invest in producing goods which will be consumed by us so it will give more employment etc so yeah so in a way That's congress right. has played and a very good card they they, they played the card of uh, national rural employment guarantee act and loan waiver program and got the votes mm. and now when they are in power they'll do the needful to to get enough money to far far the economy in that way 
Exactly. And uh, one one more policy that has been doing the rounds is regarding deregulation of the oil prices. Currently, the oil prices in India, they are fixed by the government. Right. And they are not determined by the market forces. So you may have your oil selling at $30 or $150. It will be sold in India, Indian market at the same price. There is also a lot of tax which is levied on the oil to subsidize kerosene, LPG, etc. So now there is a proposal that the oil prices should be now deregulized and so they should be determined by the market forces like they are in other places like US until the crude price reaches to $75 a barrel. And then probably the government can come in and decide like what should be the prices. It can provide a cushion to the consumers when the oil prices are very high. Yeah, surely because a bunch of us are planning to do the Ladakh trip on bike. So it will help if the <laughs> price of petrol is 10 rupees less than what it is in Mumbai. Yeah, yeah but currently the oil prices are rising again and it's mm. um, I think around, around $60 per barrel. And I just read today that uh, Saudi Arabia has announced that because they have cut production in this year, the oil prices may reach up to $150 again. Oh boy, it's like the mercury in a thermometer. <laughs> keeps going up in, in case of oil at least and the Indian yeah. stock markets obviously. So yeah, so the government has got a lot on its plate and uh, let's see how it performs in the coming months. Yes, exactly. And uh, we talk about India. So there was one election that was in big news. And then there was IPL that was a bigger news, which has culminated just uh, last week. 11.4 million viewers from across the world, uh, which is pretty big to watch. Uh, two states battle it out in South Africa, two Indian states. And both the teams which were at the bottom of the table last year. Right. You see, it's got a good women uh, folk as well, which is backing the IPL because of Mandira Bedi. <laughs> so I'm watching it in Australia and uh, there is no Mandira Bedi, <laughs> but we are still watching it. So it's good old set max here in India and one of my friend's mother-in-laws had joked that, okay, for a change, Mandira Bedi is wearing everything from top to bottom, head to toe, <laughs> because it was just too cold out there. Uh, coming back to the business part, let's be professional, Ritika. Hmm. It is said that... Uh, <laughs> okay. 20, 25 to let's, 30%. Let's get Abhishek out of Mandira, baby. Yeah. Come on. Yeah, it's hallucinating. 35-year-old lady, but she knows how to keep herself fit. Uh, 25 to 30% of the total TV viewing population in India watched the IPL, says the mm. Economic Times, which is and, a pretty big deal. Yeah, and in fact, if we see that what it has done for every stakeholder in IPL, uh, if we start from the teams or the franchisee owners, then they have done well this year despite the fact that the teams were relocated to South Africa and because of that many sponsors had pulled out and they gave a lot lesser than what they would have given in India. Yet they managed to make money because BCCI renegotiated the deal with Sony and now according to the new deal for the first five years of IPL, the franchisee owners will get 80% of the revenue from the media rights right. that the BCCI has. Because of that, we have had uh, Mumbai Indians, Deccan Chargers and Chennai Super Kings are expected to earn a profit this year and Knight Riders and Rajasthan Royals were already profitable last year. Yeah, I think we should get Lalit Modi in the government to take quick decisions and he should be given, <laughs> given a ministry where he's given a complete free hand 
he decided to move to south africa within a week's time and had everything in place pretty when there is such big moola at stake i guess everybody moves quick yeah but our and uh, your own interest and not the country's interest <laughs> that's true but our <laughs> lok sabha member hai logo ka paisa thodi hai ha lekin apne lok sabha ke members jo hai their average earning is 5 crores average portfolio of wealth in white money so uh, there are wealthy people in yeah, the yeah but they, they are not accountable that no they are not yes it turned out pretty well for south africa during the recession time and also a few companies like vodafone which have got their ads like zuzu the one value added service mm. string of ads where a few animated characters which are not really animated they have uh, mm. done a pretty big splash in the advertising industry yeah have you seen those i, I doubt it Yeah, I am totally cut off from Indian ads, and it's so sad because Australian ads are so bad. <laughs> I mean, compared to India, they are like so bad. No okay. creativity, no humor. Give me an example. It'll be absolutely nice. Absolutely stayed. I mean, most of them are like financial services ads, uh-huh. and I don't know. There are hardly any FMCGs ad that come, and they are like one person will come and talk and say, "I got this benefit, I got that benefit, and so you should use this." I mean, that's all. All ads are like that, and they are so boring. You know I what? I really miss you know Indian ads. You should try doing freelance copywriting there. You never know. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, so basically, yes, big deal for IPL uh, anywhere in the world if it is played with uh, so many Indians around. And and that's the reason why Sony has earned some 400 to 420 crores from the ad sales in this season, which is up from around 280 crores last year. Ah, not bad. And uh, and Sony doubled the airtime rates this time from for yeah. a 10 second spot. So obviously they were expecting that match, कहीं भी हो, you know, east or west, India yeah. is the best place to earn money. When it comes to cricket, but 10 lakh rupees for a 10 second spot, it has gone up from. Three to four lakhs at the beginning of this tournament. That's a lot of money. Yeah, and uh, calculate two thousand six hundred seconds per match. People mm-hmm. have earned a lot of money in advertising, at least. It's a very good the business model. Someday we should be talking about how exactly do these uh, teams earn money? What is there in it for BCCI and the teams and the players? How swapping happens? <laughs> very interesting. We'll do that some other time. Yeah, sure. And uh, now I mean talking about big money to. Not so big money, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know. I mean, after Tata launched Nano as the people's car, it has now come out with Tata Housing, which is going to make houses for like around four uh, lakhs. It's called Shubha Gruha. Means uh, English translation is an auspicious home, and uh, you can bet Tata to do something like this, especially after the Nano, and three point nine lakhs to six point seven lakhs per uh, house. basically one bedroom one bhk and their main target audience would be the migrant population from village to the cities there are about 48% of those people live in rented accommodation so they said okay here's a big market they are paying rent anyway their emis are being deducted so might as well give them a permanent place to live the only trade off is that it will not be in mumbai it will be a few kilometers away from bombay and so they have started in a place called boisar which is about what mm-hmm. 100 kilometers from mumbai or thane and uh, i like the nano the whole project was a big hit and they sold around 3500 ap- applications in just first two days of the book so like already almost yeah and it's like almost already in the first two days itself it was almost four times more than the number of apartments that they have to offer 
and all this without and making any noise. Exactly. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, Reliance has got a way of doing things, and so does Tata. Tata does it very like an elephant. Mm. Reliance does it like a dog. Yeah. With due respect. Reliance opens. Reliance opens big hospital, international schools. Right. Tata opens uh, small hospitals. Does a lot of social work. Right. We have our Tata Cancer Hospital and Tata Institute of Social Service, etc. So but I you know there is a lot of money in it as well. It is said that yeah, I mean obviously you are doing a lot of CSR by right. that. That is corporate social responsibility, and you you earn a good uh, brand name because of that. Hmm. That is there, but I mean if you earn your brand name by doing good things, it is okay. If you earn your brand name by just building another uh, big brand, <laughs> then it's another thing. So. True, true. I mean, and this is going to help all the. I remember talking to a taxi uh, taxi guy once, taxi wala. He was telling me that in Mumbai, uh, we can live with a vada pav, but the only problem is that I need to pay a lot of money for my rent. So if somebody can give me a house mm. which is which doesn't cost much, I'll invest all my money there. I've sent my son to school, an English medium school. I can live with uh, eating two times a day. So Tata is catering to a good percentage of the lower middle class. And in the whole economic growth is. of india is blocked in these people and that is why the government and the companies are now trying to you know unlock this value and give more purchasing power in the hands of these people because there is a whole big market waiting to be exploded right. and tata is going to get up to 100 crores in the first year according to the economic times uh, they have tied up with hdfc and uh, state bank of india so they've moved very fast without many people knowing it uh, in fact a couple of entrepreneurs <laughs> have also put in their money there is one um, emphasis there is one it company uh, its founder mm-hmm. jaitrit rao has already put mm-hmm. in some money so lots of things to the fore now you know very soon for tata yeah. so that's ending on a good note do we have something else no let's do this let's end on a good note i think for the last four or five episodes our ending line was hopefully the economy will be back on track hopefully the american economy will stop living off their credit cards and all of it so log on to theindicast.com give your comments there we would love to hear from you and also a few topics if you think we should be covering that's about it from my side bye 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 bye